everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Blastburn Radio Adventures. I'm Steven. I'm Tanner. I'm Celeste. And I'm Jacob. And where we last left our heroes, they they graduated from school. Aster got picked on by a bully. Rin. What the fuck did Rin even do? Um, <laughs> um, I, I talked to an Elite Four member who was like, hey, watch the water, please. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. And that was about it. Rin, Rin met someone as socially awkward as she is. Yes. Um, and, and Nick had a real bad day. I just had a real bad time. Mez also had a real bad time. Just everyone was upset. <laughs> the times of sadness. Also, Ari's just real mad and doesn't know who to be mad at. And I think that's just making her more mad. Well, uh, yeah, like I hear that. Nick's hoping that it, she won't be mad at him forever. I mean, she gets she's a cop. Like, we're going to cop school. She gets parole, like, agreements, like, and stuff like that. Okay, so let's just go ahead and, and jump in then. And we're kind of picking up right about where we left off. It is dusk on the grounds of the Oak Institute on your very last day. Not as, as students, but as residents here. Um, so the, the sun is starting to slowly set. And you've, uh, you've all spent your last day on campus tying up your, your loose ends, visiting with, with friends, and preparing to say goodbye to this place at, at least for a little while. Aster, you have wrapped up up your long day of uh, contest practice, uh, said your farewell to your your good friend, Emily. What is Astra doing now on her last evening on campus? Around what time is it? Uh, we'll say about six in the evening. Okay. Has she eaten yet? We'll say for the sake of expediency that yes, you've all eaten. Okay. Just making sure. She'd probably go and get everything prepared to head out when everyone else is ready. Okay, so then Aster heads back to the dorm room. Um, where is Sale? Um, probably on her shoulder. Okay, so he's out of his Pokeball, and he's a very sleepy little bug at this point. Like, I, I think he's a little wavery and just bug, 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 scatter bug, and, and just kind of struggling to keep his eyes open. But he's also, he's got a little glow about him, like he's... He's clearly taken to the spotlight in a way that you would not necessarily expect of a tiny little caterpillar bug, but he's also just as clearly pooped from being out of his ball and performing all day for an invisible audience. And Aster makes her way back to her dorm room and is going over all of her, her packing and her preparations one last time as she prepares for bed uh, when there is another soft knock at the door. Uh, and once again, as you look up, there is Professor Elm. Hey, um, I can't think of any words. Um, how are you doing, Professor Rum? <laughs> and he's just gonna kind of chuckle, and he's gonna be like, "I'm, I'm fine, Aster. Uh, I just, I, I have to head back to to Newbark. We've got some experiments on the burner, as it were. And I, I can't really be away for too long, but I wanted to make a point of coming to see you one more time before I head out. And you notice for the first time that he's he's carrying something. He has something wrapped in cloth in his hands. Um, and, and he's going to just kind of look at you for a moment and he's going to grin and he's going to say, you know, I'd love to have you come with me. You were invaluable in the lab when you came for your internship and I could really use an assistant like you. But honestly, Aster, I 
I honestly think that the experience that you need right now is is out in the field. Don't and he's going to look at you dead serious in the eye and he's going to be like, don't you ever tell Professor Birch I said that I'll never live it down. <laughs> and he's going to kind of clear his throat. Uh, he's going to go. But but yeah, like you've I think that you've gotten most of what academia has to offer you for now. Uh, and right now, the experience that you need is practical. So I'm not going to try to get you to stay. I hope that you have a good trip and I hope that you learn a lot. And just remember that I'm. I'm rooting for you and I'm here when you need me. And when you're ready, you've, you've got a place in, in Newbark. We'd be happy to have you. And, and he's going to smile a little wistfully and he's going to be like, but I, I couldn't resist giving you a, a little gift. Uh, a good buddy of mine, he, he goes by, by Mr. Pokemon. I'm still not sure why, but that's what he calls himself. Uh, he called me the other day about this little beauty and I just, I knew that it had to go to you and he holds out his package. Can I tell what it is? You can tell that it is a package wrapped in cloth. Fair. She'll be hesitant for a second. He's like, Professor Elm, you don't have to get me anything for this. I'm." And he's just going to kind of hand wave that and be like, I know I didn't have to. I never said I had to. I wanted to. Take it. She'll reach out and grab it. And as as you reach out and grab it, the, the cloth falls away and you immediately recognize you, you didn't recognize it immediately by the shape. And you see that the reason why is that it's what you're looking at is, is a mechanical device with a large glass dome on top that Aster with her particular fixations. I'm not going to make you roll on this one because Aster would immediately recognize this as an incubator, um, specifically a portable incubator made for Pokemon eggs. And inside there is an egg and it's not an egg that looks immediately familiar to Aster. Like Aster is familiar very with Pokemon eggs. We've established it's a little bit of a fixation of hers. Mm -hmm. uh, and normally they are, you know, like white with green speckles or, you know, occasionally certain breeds of Pokemon have eggs that are a little bit more visually distinct, um, such as Togepi eggs having triangle shapes and blues and reds printed all over them. Occasionally Eevee will even breed in eggs that are shades of brown uh, for reasons that nobody's quite sure. But this egg is different. It's it's a dark blue bordering on black with white splotches here and there, or, or cream colored, really. Uh, and you've never quite seen anything like it. This an actual egg? It I can't tell by the colors. And Professor Elm's just going to kind of grin, and he's going to be like, "Yeah, uh, Mister Pokemon is always finding some some real unusual beauties for us, and this one is, is certainly." No exception. I, I've never seen its like, and I have genuinely no idea what's inside. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping that you'll tell me when you find out. Oh, I definitely will. This is this is exciting. Uh, I certainly didn't expect something like this on even bef uh, before I start my journey. This is crazy. Um, thank you, thank you so much. And, and he's just gonna kind of smile, and he's gonna be like, "It's it's my pleasure, Aster. I I'm only a phone call away. Remember that." Definitely. And he's going to come in and he's going to give you a big hug. Uh, and then he's going to kind of dab at his eyes a little bit uh, and and mutter about the sunset being in his eyes um, as, as he turns and pulls out a Pokeball and, and releases a, a Noctowl and kind of grabs onto its leg and says, well, take care, Aster. I, I hope to hear from you soon. 
And with that, his his knocked owl is going to take off and Professor Elm is going to fly off towards his home of Newbark Town. But for some reason, no one understands that bird is going to have to land at the Pokemon League first. It makes no fucking sense. But for some reason, that's just how it works. Kanto, Johto, airspace, shared airspace. All right. Well, Professor Elm is gone and Aster is alone with her bug and her egg. Is the bug asleep yet? We'll say yes, that it's he's dozing softly in the corner. She's learned her lesson. Um, instead of setting him on, his, on her desk at all, she uh, returns him to his Pokeball and then takes the egg and just starts examining it, like super excitedly trying to figure out what the heck it could be, even be. Okay, um, so we'll say Aster gets out like a pair of calipers that uh, probably a student should not have in their dorm room, but she very much does uh, <laughs> and, and starts measuring like every angle of the egg and just kind of talking excitedly to herself and making notes in a sketchbook as she uh, anxiously wonders what could have possibly given it those markings and what could be inside. Um, and I think we can kind of fade out from there. Now, Rin, it, it is also, again, your final evening on campus. You've gone and spoken to Lucian, uh, received kind of some cryptic warnings about going goings on at home, uh, and then gone and I imagine found your parents and had a, a nice meal together. Uh, what is Rin doing with her last hours on campus? Heck, um, real talk, she's been like interacting with people all day. And while it is something that she's supposed to be excited for... Uh, I imagine she feels that graduation is honestly more like a, what's it called? It's a formality celebration and not like an actual one. And so she's just exhausted because she's been going through the motions because that's what you're supposed to do. So I think she's probably going to go back to, um, go back to her room and just decompress for the evening. Sure. So... Ren starts to get a little socially overwhelmed, which I imagine is something that her her parents are quite accustomed with. Um, And so they just kind of smile a little wistfully and and go, you know, oh, honey, like we're we're really tired, actually. You know, we we flew all the way here from home and it's getting really late. And uh, I think we're just going to. We're just gonna hit the sack. Don't don't worry about us. You go you go on and, and get some good sleep, and maybe we'll grab some breakfast in the morning before you leave. Um, and they're each gonna give you a quick hug, and they're gonna go off to their room uh, to give you some alone time without making you feel bad for asking for it when you finally get to see your parents. And then um, Rin with with Ruka in tow. Is Ruka out or is Ruka in his Pokeball? Uh, Ruka would have been out ever since, like, the end of the the graduation ceremony. Okay. Um, then Rin with, with Ruka close in tow, I think, also make their way back to uh, the dorm room. And what what's Rin going to do when she's back in her room? So the first thing that she does is, um, God, what's the YouTube equivalent in Pokemon? Um... You just call it some generic like Poketube. But. <laughs> Rotom tube. Yes, yes, it's fucking Rotom tube. It has to be. Just make it ro- like Rotube instead to shorten it up a little bit. Rot rot tube. <laughs> you can't put you can't put the row before that T. It just makes it rot tube. The good news is, is that if you start falling down like a terrorist rabbit hole on rot tube, like Rotom's just gonna like stop and ask you if you're okay. <laughs> Rotom is actually just the FBI. <laughs> but yeah, so she probably just goes and like, 
I imagine she actually has, like, a laptop that she uses to do, like, you know, some of her writing assignments and stuff like that. Like, it was meant for academic pursuits. But in reality, it's, like, half full of, um, of games and probably, like, pirated movies. And so she pulls it up and goes to, um, to, what is it, the Rotom tube, and just starts going through, like, subfeed, watching what she can and relaxing. Her first instinct would be to just set Ruka on her lap while she watches those things, but she's, you know, if he, like, wants to move or doesn't want to be there or whatever, she's just gonna let, let him lounge about like the half-cat that he is. Okay, first of all, can we please, please keep rugged capitalism the fuck out of my Pokemon world? Like, <laughs> it's already sneaking in in Sword and Shield. Like, your Pokemon get fucking jobs for corporations. I don't need to think <laughs> about the entertainment industry being so expensive that there's a thriving pirate underground online. Like, that shit doesn't have to be in Pokemon, please. <laughs> well, whether the movies are pirated or not doesn't matter what matters is that they're there okay that's fine like we're living in a utopia with free fucking socialist health care like let's <laughs> let's leave it at that hey i mean yeah it's whatever doesn't matter to me but yeah so she probably that, that's just a little detail that doesn't even matter at the moment she would do that maybe load up like a game or two play for an hour or two and then be like well i'm tired i'm going to bed Okay, so, so, fun question. Who would be the Pokemon world equivalent of Markiplier? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just fucking what's-his-face from Gen 4. It's like Wally. Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Barry. Yeah, Barry. I don't oh, know why Barry. I always want to call him Wally. It, it's it's Barry. It's Waldo. Bear player. Yeah, he's just, just there making... Let's play videos with his hyper energetic self. Tell me that isn't like exactly what those people are like. With a super irritated Empoleon just looking over his shoulder and sadly shaking its head. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so Rin, Rin is watching Barry's latest Let's Play of fucking Pokemon Center Tycoon or some shit. Uh, <laughs> Actually, 100% accurate. Pokecenter Tycoon, that's fantastic. And and actually, um, I think Ruka is just still very energetic and kind of bounding around the room, like batting at your feet when you wiggle them too much. Just just being a general, like, you know, cat nuisance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then after a little while, actually, you notice that he seems to have found something, that he's found a, a small, like, paper package and is gnawing on the edge of it. Hey, what are you nipping at? Shanks, shanks, and he sparks a little bit from his whiskers. I'm gonna I'm hold up a finger at him, and then I'm gonna look at the package. <laughs> Double check, make, make sure what it is. So you take the package from him, and, and he allows you, but he swats at your hand just a little bit, and you feel just a little sting of static electricity as he does so. But you take it, and it is a paper package, and it has your name written on the outside of it. I don't... Okay. I mean, all right, I'm going to open the package then. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it took you way longer than it should have there, bud. There's only so many things you could fucking do. <laughs> it's like, eh, I can just, eh, eh, it could be for a different room. Let's throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> this no mine. 
So you open up the package and uh, you see that it's got a couple of items inside, but there's a handwritten note on top. Um, and you immediately recognize the hand as the the headmaster's alders. Uh, and, it, and it says, uh, dear Ren. I'm very sorry that we were unable to to make time uh, to sit down and talk about the training and care of your new Pokemon. I'm so excited for you. And I understand that, you know, your time before you leave here is very, very short. Uh, but I did want to give you a few uh, small gifts to, to help make that transition a, a little bit easier. This is your very first partner and your bond is going to be very, very special. And I hope that you cherish every moment of it. And it's going to be signed, Warm Regards, Headmaster Alder. And as you look through the contents, you actually, A, you immediately see why Ruka was drawn to it, because there is a small baggie of, of poke treats. Um, and specifically, as you read the label, apparently, they are infused with Shinksnip. Oh, <laughs> okay. And you notice that as you, like, shake the baggie a little and look at it, like, Ruka's nostrils flare and his eyes go wide. And there is also a a small rubber toy that is in the shape of a hyper potion uh, oh. that squeaks when you squeeze it. And actually, there is a, a disc. And as you pick it up, you see that on the cover, it says that it is it is Watson's five methods for the training of electric Pokemon. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say cool. And the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to set the shink snip treats down on the table, keeping an eye on Ruka as I do so. Immediately a paw starts sneaking closer and closer to the bag as soon as your hand leaves it. I like, I snap and put a finger at him. Be like, hey. Shinks. Shinks. Hold up. And then I'm going to pull out the, the squeaky toy hyper potion. I'm going to squeak it a couple of times. Try to pull the attention away from the treats. See how well that works. <laughs> and he he looks at, at, at the, the toy and like his head moves with it as you shake it. But it seems almost like one eye never leaves the treat bag. You want it? Shanks. Shanks. And then I'm going to toss it across the room. And Ruka's immediately just going to drop, butt wiggle, and pounce on it. <laughs> so, I'm then going to move the treats in front of my computer. I'll also go ahead and set the disc there. I think I'm going to go to Rotom, and I'm going to search how much um, Shinksnip a Shinx should consume. <laughs> Okay, so because you went to Rotom Tube to ask this and not to, like, the, the Porygons in your decks, like, you're going to immediately get, like, a bunch of Shinksnip Challenge videos of just, like, a bunch of hyperactive teenagers, like, trying to devour entire bags of Shinksnip streets. And then on about the third page of results, you're going to get, like, a Pokemon veterinarian talking about the benefits and the risks of Shinksnip. I'm going to shake my head at all these challenges and be like, people be crazy. <laughs> and then I'll like, I'll do that. And then while I'm listening to the video, I think I'll actually like go to Porygon and look that up on mic. I imagine our Pokedex is the equivalent of our phone. Yeah. Yes, we've, we've established that about 12 times. Now. I, I 100% believe it, but it's always been months since we've <laughs> last talked about it. So Fair. Okay. 
All right. Well, actually, I think that's probably a good place to kind of let that particular scene fade uh, with Ruka in the corner of the room, gnawing happily on his little rubber hyper potion as Rin kind of contentedly sets aside her her normal diversions uh, in favor of learning how to take better care of her new little zappy friend. Mm-hmm. Z- zap zap. <laughs> Him zap boy. Greetings, fellow youth. Your good buddy Jolly is here, butting in to give you your regular announcements and advertisements. And something, something wheelies? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to be cool. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Now, as always, please remember to rate and review the show. Ideally, on iTunes, if you've got it, if you can get to it, if you can access it. Uh, But if you get the podcast somewhere and that somewhere wants to know how good we is, uh, we hope that you'll tell them that we is in fact good. If you weren't aware, search algorithms largely run every aspect of all of our lives. Uh, and so telling those robots that we make a good product is going to help put it in the ears and minds of other people, which is just good for everybody. And we really like it when you do it. Thanks. Uh, the intro, outro, and intermission music of today's show was provided by a friend of the show, Glitch X City. Uh, you can find her on all relevant platforms, including YouTube, Twitter, and Caffeine at Glitch X City. Uh, you can follow the show on social media at Blastburn Radio. You can follow me personally at BBR Jolly, Tanner at Messer Engine, Celeste at Celeste Lost, and Jacob at Ripper underscore Jack. Uh, lastly, as always, uh, you can support Messer Engine uh, Tanner by supporting his company, Mythic Portal Games which makes great art and music and other assorted assets for online role-playing games. If you play a Dungeons and or Dragons or a Pathfinder or a Starfinder or a Blastburn Radio Adventures and you would like some tokens or some maps or some music to make your campaign just that much better, um, you can get those things at a very affordable price from Mythic Portal on the marketplace of Roll20 or Astral Virtual Tabletop or just generally wherever Roll playing is to be had Uh, lastly this show is made possible as always by the support of our patrons including dozer zagashi cameron rossington carl firm and other listeners just like you Uh, if you would like to and can afford to support us here on the show with a monthly donation uh, you can do so over at patreon.com slash challenge accepted media and you can earn some pretty cool perks including early access to this show Uh, in fact as my schedule continues to grow and evolve it's likely that you're going to be getting it even earlier than normal. If I have my way about it, you're going to have this episode a couple days sooner, I think, than you'll be expecting it. So I would say look forward to that. But by the time you hear this, you're listening to it. So hopefully I didn't fuck up. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, guys, we really appreciate your support and we can't thank you enough for it. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on right now in the community, including the second season of our competitive draft league. And we wouldn't be able to do most, if not all of it, without the support of our patrons. So thank you. Uh, that's going to be it for me for now, guys. I need to get back to editing this episode. And then there's some other really cool stuff I want to check out. So we're going to try to get through it quick, fast and in a hurry i hope everybody has a great day and eat your vegetables okay bye
And that, of course, brings us back to our good buddy Nick, who, when we last left him, had just had the wind absolutely knocked out of him by a, a, a nice, solid right hook sucker punch to the gut uh, from from Ari on the Phantom Thieves hideout school roof. Yeah, I'm probably still clutching my my ribs on the way to the the cabin, just kind of wincing yes. a little bit. He never saw it coming. <laughs> It's one of those where the muscle starts to tighten up after a few minutes, and so it's just like, it doesn't like super hurt, it's just really uncomfortable to move. The part of your body that moves when you do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. So yeah, I'm I'm just going to to walk to the cabin where Eusene and Nathan stay when they're here in Pallet. Okay, so you you make your way over to the cabin, and uh, it's it's lit up brightly. Um, I think that, and by all means, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Nick probably likes Pallet Town and likes the feel of the place a whole lot more than he necessarily likes the feel of campus. Uh, Pallet Town is is very very rural, very pastoral, uh, about as different from Celadon as you can possibly get. Like it is, houses are are acres and acres apart. You can not see your closest neighbor from your front door. Um, there are are vast fields uh, of berries and and farm crops, and you can hear the lowing of mill. Hank and Tauros, uh, as you make your way back to the cabin where it is brightly lit, all the lights in the front room are still on, and I imagine that uh, Nathan and, and Yusin are, are sitting on the porch in a couple of old wooden rocking chairs. Nathan with a, a, a large pipe kind of contentedly puffing away and scritching at uh, Redwing, his far-fetched on the back of its neck, uh, as Yusin kind of like grumpily scrunches up his nose every time a whiff, whiff of smoke reaches him, uh, and yammers relentlessly about Suicune. Yep, that sounds that sounds right. <laughs> Nick knows those story days. Uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm just gonna like head up to the cabin and largely try not to get entangled in Suicune conversation. <laughs> yeah, so you just kind of sit there quietly and, and and listen politely, if only because you know Nathan is absolutely not listening at all, uh, and that makes you maybe feel a little bit bad for poor Yusin, who's just talking for his own benefit. And, and eventually he'll kind of catch himself and he'll see he'll look at the two of you uh, and look at this guy starting to turn black and be like, uh, oh, it, it it really is getting late, and, and Nick, you're going to be heading out in the morning, huh? I should I should probably get to bed and let you two uh, spend some time together, and he's going to kind of smile and, and clap you on the shoulder and uh, make his way on in the house, uh, leaving you alone with Nathan, who is just, again, kind of contentedly smiling and, and puffing away on his pipe. I'm going to take the seat that you've seen. I just evacuated and sit and I'm gonna just kind of look over at him and go I still don't know how you do that like <laughs> is it just like static now <laughs> and he's just gonna kind of chuckle and he's just gonna be like lad I could tell you the the year location and general circumstances of every known Suicune sighting since a hundred years before I was born. I've been listening to young master Yusin ramble on this particular subject since he was a lad half your age. It just, it just comes with the territory. 
Nick has that like anime bead of sweat by his eyes, just the like thought of knowing all that detail and <laughs> the the uncomfortable truth that Nick already knows about a quarter of that and realizing like this is his future. <laughs> this is just an image of him in the future letting you see him just talk while he just listens but not listens. I, and and Nathan's going to kind of chuckle a little bit as well. And he's going to be like, you know, it took you an awful long time to get back here. Do you have somebody to see? I mean, I did, but I don't, I don't know if I still do. Uh, it didn't go real great. And at that, I think his face is going to fall a little bit. And he's going to be like, now, now, Nick, you've had your share of troubles in your life. You're no stranger to that, but I can't imagine that a fella is as sharp and as quick-witted and as sharp-dressing as you are should have too awful much trouble with the ladies. What's going on? I just kind of shrug and say, you know, you can't uh, you can't build a relationship on a on a lie, right? So uh, I told her the truth, and the truth sucks. And he's going to sigh, and he's going to look at you kind of sadly, and he's going to be like, Nick, I, I'm i no great expert here. I'm an old bachelor. I've been alone, just just me and, and Red Wing here for, for most of my life. I, I had young love once, and it got hard, and life took us different ways. And we both just kind of decided that that was easier and we let it be. And I don't regret the decisions that I made. I'm, I'm content. I'm pleased with my place in life. I'm, I'm happy working for the Monakis as, as I always have. I'm happy looking after you and, and taking care of the garden. But there's been a big what if hanging over my head for most of my life now. And I don't want that for you. It may get better. It may not, but do yourself a favor and try. He just kind of nods and goes, yeah, well, she didn't give me a hug after she punched me in the ribs. So I suppose that's something. <laughs> and he's just gonna kind of chuckle a little bit and be like, "Now that's that's my kind of girl." <laughs> he he laughs and um, and and Red Wing also kind of chuckles under his wing a little bit just at the thought of you getting dicked. Just fetch, 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 fetch. <laughs> yeah, I shoot him a look, but I just I don't. It's not. There's no malice in it. It's just like, God damn it, bird. <laughs> he uh, he just kind of reaches. Uh, into his pocket, and he pulls out the letter, which has now been opened and closed a couple times. And he just kind of casually hands it over to Nathan. And he just says, I already know what you're going to say, but I'd uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't. Uh, I didn't show you, at least. And he goes, go, go ahead, read it. This came for me today. And Nathan's going to fish in his in his shirt pocket for his readers and he's going to put on his glasses and he's going to kind of hold it out a little bit and he's going to read it. And his face is is going to be a symphony as it goes from from stillness to shock 
to outrage to sadness in, in the span of, of this letter. And he's going to look up at you and he's going to be like, oh, oh, Nick, I, I got to talk to to Miss Jenny. I, how, how did he even get this in that she handed it directly to me? Well, we've both known him a long time. He's a, he's a man of means, right? And Nick kind of stands up and he walks over to Nathan and kind of crouches down because Nathan's sitting in his chair. And he looks at him like real earnestly and he just says, I know you ain't leaving, but you, uh, you listen to me, all right? You've done a lot for me and you didn't have to. And I appreciate that a lot and I care an awful lot about you. So you make me a promise, okay? You you look over your shoulder, and he actually looks up at Red Wing uh, a little bit because I got to tell you, Nathan, I I buried one set of parents already. I can't bury you two, all right? And he's going to pull you close, and I think that over his shoulder, actually, you're going to see Red Wing give you like a little duck salute and like nod at you, like with more respect than this duck has shown you in your entire life. And Nathan's going to hold you out at arm's length a little bit. And he's going to be like, Nick, are you out of this? I ain't never out of this. Not till it's done. And he's going to like shake his head sadly. And he's going to be like, I, I was afraid that you were going to say that. I'm, I'm not going to ask you not to. It's not, right it's not my place you're a man now and and you've got to do what you've got to do and i respect that but if you're gonna go someplace dangerous i would feel a whole lot better knowing that you've got friends looking out for your back and he's gonna reach to his belt and he's gonna pull out an old battered pokeball and he's gonna say i was I was hoping to surprise you in the morning, but now seems as good a time as any. I, I've i got an old friend here who's kind of aching to see you again. And Nick actually like laughs and wipes his eyes and he goes, how did you even get that onto campus without somebody spilling the beans? <laughs> and he's going to chuckle and he's going to be like, you don't know the half of it. This is still an illegal Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to pop the button. And you're going to see a glow that's going to form into a big round shape and just go cock, 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 and just wave its little stubby arms in the air in triumph. And I am going to look at that little cactus and say, buddy, I would hug you, but it would hurt a whole lot. So I'm just going to have to settle for a thumbs up, I think. And he's going to reach out and give you a little cactus fist bump. All right. <laughs> That's a deal. Do I come back with spines in my hand? Um, roll instinct. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, the tip of uh, a cacnea's little, like, nub arm doesn't have spines on it. It's around the nub. Around the nub. So the question becomes, can you aim? Yeah. <laughs> if you just aim too high. That's a good question, right? I rolled a ten. You rolled a ten. Okay, you do not get any spines in your, in your fingies. And, uh... I, I kind of look up at Nathan and go, am I taking him with me or is he coming back with you to Celadon? 
And Nathan's going to look you in the eye and he's going to say, that's, that's up to you. Like, I, he's a big help around the garden. I'm not going to lie and, and do him that disservice, but it sounds like where you're going, you might need his help a lot more than I do. Nick's going to nod and he's been away from Desperado for a couple of years now. And he's actually going to look at Desperado and go, hey, this is really up to you. Like, I found you in that garden. I'm in some deep shit. <laughs> I could really use the extra hand. But I know that uh, you're real good at running. I might be doing a lot of that. But we might be doing some scrap scrap fighting too. So this is as much as your decision as it is mine. You want to come with me or you want to tend the garden? Go ahead and roll bond for Desperado. Um, I'm going to have to look up what it is. Uh, give me one second. I re- think I removed it from my initial character sheet because he, he went away. We'll just, we'll say that the, the arc of your previous adventure has given him plus one bond with you. So we're just starting at plus one. So just 2d6 plus one. Okay. Let me do the thing. That's a 10. That's a 10. Okay. Then I think Desperado is going to look at you and going to look at Nathan and just cack. And, and Nathan's just going to smile and is going to nod. And Desperado is just going to cack, 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 and just going to toddle over to you and wrap his big cactus arms around you and definitely get spines all over the waist of your clothes uh, and just give you a big hug. All right. I'll take that as a yes. He says through wincing. And partially at the, oh, no, spines in my body. And also partially, oh, no, spines in my clothes. Because Nick <laughs> does worry about things like that. Uh, and he takes the uh, yield busted system Pokeball from Nathan and goes, I really, really appreciate this. It'll definitely be handy. Well, Nathan's going to actually hold on to that Pokeball for a second and be like, now... I know that you've got plans, but do your plans include, like, gyms? Yes. I kind of look at him kind of frankly and go, I gotta learn how to fight? (laughs) And and he's gonna kind of chuckle and he's gonna be like, well, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but you're not wrong. And and he's gonna look at you and he's gonna be like, you can't, you can't take this Pokeball inside of a gym. Like, they will confiscate it. It is illegal. So, he's gonna pull out a brand shiny new one and he's gonna be like, God, these things are so expensive, but this is important and it's worth it. And he's going to take the the jailbroken, the hacked Pokeball that you originally caught Desperado in. And he's going to find on the very back, there's like one of those tiny like push pin buttons that you can only get at with like an ink pen or something else. Mm-hmm. And he's going to hold it in for a few moments. And as you look down, you can see that it's the release button. And... After holding it in for about five seconds, that Pokeball is just going to go dim and it's going to fall apart into two pieces. And he's going to hand you a new Pokeball and he's going to say, that is a wild Pokemon. You catch that cactus. I I love how factory resets are now a uh, canon thing in Pokeballs. I'll take the uh, the other ball. And just like the first time when, like, Desperado joined me the first time, that was his choice. Like, Nick is all about letting people and Pokemon make their own choices. And he kind of, like, crouches down with the Pokeball and goes, one more time. And Desperado, cock me up. 
and he's just going to reach forward and and boop his head, boop his noggin on that Pokeball button and just, in a flash of light, disappear into it. Shaky, 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 boop. And Desperado is now your Pokemon for realsies. Nick looks up at Peridot and goes, it's your favorite buddy. <laughs> She's just going to grin her Sableye grin and Sableye. And Nathan's just going to clear his throat a little bit and, and go, now, now, Nick, don't, don't worry about me. Lou, Lou talks a mean game. He's not going to hurt me. He, he never has. He's known where I've been all these years. Hell, he never even robbed the estate when every estate in the neighborhood was getting hit because he knew I was there. Until he needed something specifically that the Monakis had, he never touched us. I'm going to be okay, but when I get home, I'll I'll talk to Miss Andy and I'll make sure that kind of everybody in, in our circle knows to keep their heads down. I'll kind of nod and say I I appreciate it. But I'm going to worry anyways. You're my pa. Like, I'm not going to not worry. So do me a favor and, like, write me a letter every now and then so I know you're all right, okay? Or call. Yeah, I know you how you much you hate using your decks, but th- that's how normal people call. Talk to people these days. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to kind of chuckle and he's going to be like, there's, there's only one button. How do you work a phone with one button on it? <sighs> it's voice... It- the Porygons will help. Just just, just ask them to message me something. And he's just going to kind of grumble under his breath about newfangled technology and Bill and, <laughs> and a bunch of other like indecipherable words. Uh, just kind of go back to his pipe a little bit. And he's going to be like, Nick, I'm, I'm proud of you, kid. And I know that whatever you do out there, you're going to keep making me proud. He nods again and he goes, of course I am. I'm going to go make salad on a better place. I just got some business to take care of first. Okay. And with that, I think that we can kind of fade out there as well as, as Nick and Nathan kind of share one last quiet evening on the porch of, of the cabin uh, before they head to bed. And a new day dawns bright over Pallet Town uh, and, and our three heroes as they wake up officially as adults and Pokemon trainers and they, they dress themselves for the road uh, and prepare to, to start their journeys. Jacob, uh, what, what band is Rin repping on her, her band shirt today? Um, so I, I think that she would have a, a Greninja sex party shirt. No, um, we agreed. No. So, to be specific, because I know how this band works in real life, the split is that the human is the one that is that is more on the sex aspect, and then Ninja Brian is just a Greninja that wants to fight all the Pokemon. That is how that split works. <laughs> so, to confirm, on the last morning that Rin is going to see her human parents, for months most likely... She has chosen to wear a Greninja sex party t-shirt. So, to be fair, Rin did not think of that. (laughs) Also, despite my specific request that we not do this one thing. So, you see, 
on the latter point, I am just explaining that I'm, um, even with this reference, avoiding the intersection of sex and Pokemon. The podcast is over. We're done here. We're shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that is a fair point. No, fuck it. It's too late now. You can have your gross fucking t-shirt. It's fine. I'll just hate it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it. the first point was valid. Yeah, your mom also hates it, and she chews you out for about 20 minutes this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Celeste, what is what is Aster wearing this morning as she gets ready to travel? Um, It's going to be like a sundress with... All different types of uh, starter Pokemon sewed into it. So there's little mini Bulbasaurs, little mini Charizards, and uh, Squirtles. And you see um, a few other little Gen 1 Pokemon on the sides as well. Okay. And how how about Nick? What is what is Nick doing this morning as he gets ready to set out for the last time? I think he's actually probably pretty stoic this morning. He had an extremely emotional evening. But... Getting up, he is filled with, like, a certain level of just resolve. Like, yesterday was real intense in the decision to, yeah, like, we're going to do this and getting the letter and telling everybody. But now that's done. Like, now it's time to get get the job done. So, like, he gets up. He doesn't say too much to, to pair it out as he gets ready. He gets dressed and... What's quickly kind of become his new new outfit with uh, his jeans and his running shoes, but also with his, you know, dress shirt and, and vest and tie and his sleeves rolled up and maybe a pair of sunglasses and is ready to rock and roll. He also does his hair before he leaves because fashion. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he just kind of looks at Peridot and asks if she's ready to go and then goes to meet the other two at the, the front the front gate. Okay, actually, I kind of like this. Let's say, actually, that, uh, Nick, as you are kind of getting ready to go primping and preening and and trying to look your best before you leave, let's say that you hear voices outside and you come out and Rin and Aster have actually met you here. And you notice that, actually, to your surprise, uh, you seen over his flamboyant purple suit and giant red bow tie is wearing like a giant exaggerated cooking apron with a heat more on the front of it, like frying bacon over his like tongue flames. And he's cooking like an enormous breakfast spread as like Nathan like grumbles and tries to get up and like take the frying pan from him. And you hear him kind of grumping at each other with you being like, no, Nathan, you have taken care of me since I was a child. This day is not for me. It's for you. Let me take care of everyone. And then Nathan's like, no, no, no. You don't even know how to cook. You're doing it wrong. Sit down. Let me mine the egg. And they're just kind of bickering back and forth over the cooking as they have made um, a, a massive spread with Pidgey eggs and with bacon and, and just all sorts of goodies with pancakes and French toast and, and everything kind of laid out. And as you come out, everybody is just kind of helping themselves and eating a, a nice big breakfast. You know, Rin is there, as is Aster and, and Ren's family and, and everybody's just kind of sitting down at this enormous table and, and eating together as you guys prepare to head out. Okay. Uh, Nick is very surprised. He's very in his own head this morning, but he has a real genuine smile and he sits down with everybody to have a, a 
hope what's hopefully a quick meal before we get out on the road because there's a lot to do. Yeah, absolutely. So you all uh, have a nice breakfast um, and you uh, say farewell to your your loved ones and, and family members. Um, Rin's parents just both burst into tears. I think more her dad than her mom, uh, but they both just kind of burst into big sobby tears as they say goodbye. And you know Nathan gives you one last clap on the shoulder and big hug. And the three of you take off down the steps and back through Pallet Town. The sun is shining. It is high in the air as you walk past um, farms and fields and make your way to the front gates of the town. And as you you reach the milestone that that leads to officially Route 1, uh, the edge of town... And as is tradition for new trainers traveling together for the first time, uh, you pause and on the count of three, you take your first steps out of Pallet Town together. Uh, and and on to the route. Now, Route 1 is, is kind of an interesting place in Kanto. It's not a, a super long route. You can travel the entire length of it from Pallet Town on one end to Viridian City on the other uh, in about an eight-hour day if you're just kind of trucking along. And... Again, Pallet Town has always been such a rural place that it was always just kind of a backwoods road that was, you know, grown over and and full of um, little bitty like ridges and cliffs and and just kind of cut back and forth. But notably, when the Oak Institute opened up here on the outskirts of Pallet and as Viridian's economy boomed, there was frequent like travel and trade back and forth to such a degree that a real road was merited here. And so several years back, the uh, the Viridian Pallet Road Project came through and, and built like a, a straight and direct path from one to the other, which cut down substantially on travel time and made it much, much easier to actually bring like vehicles, like trucks packed with goods down to Pallet Town instead of having to actually bring small boats around to, to bring deliveries by sea. And so so that is what cuts directly between the two towns now, although it is important to note that as this is the world of Pokemon, and specifically as this is Palette, extremely great care was taken to make sure that the road did not too thoroughly disrupt the natural habitats of Pokemon. Uh, and there are still like substantial wild areas um, surrounding the road and throughout the route. As, as you approach it, you can see several flying Pokemon, including a couple of Pidgeys. Um, just kind of flying up from the brush. You can see um, the tall grass kind of shaking and weaving uh, as various small Pokemon make their way through. Nice. All right. All right. Let's let's get going. Okay. Um, So you guys take off. Now, just out of curiosity, uh, how are you planning on traveling to Viridian? Are you going to just like straight shot it down the road as quickly and directly as possible? Are are you taking the scenic route and just kind of walking through like the grass and the the wilder brush areas? Or are you even like going to like like stop and, and look for Pokemon or explore the area or do anything else on your way? Um, I mean, we don't have any Pokeballs on us, so, like, Nick's not too concerned with hunting for Pokemon right now. I know that Nick wants to to get going just because they he wants to check on the bell, but he also knows that uh, Rin, in particular, is slightly more nonplussed about the threatening aspect of this, this mission, so he's not likely to push them to move 
quickly. He's just kind of going to go with whatever flow the other two set. Doesn't want to stress him out. Astrid's probably just uh, walking at a decent pace, annoying the both of them with talk about the egg that she's gotten and what she's figured out from it and what she can't figure out. Just every little minute detail to, to the size of it, to the patterns, and how she's so flustered by not being able to figure out what it is. So, you know, I've I've been able to, like, recall even the the most silly details about stuff that's happened hundreds or thousands of years ago. Especially about Suicune, because, you know. But I can't make heads or tails of anything you ever say about eggs, Aster. <laughs> I mean, what is there to be confused by? They're just eggs. They have patterns, they have Pokemon in them. <laughs> there, there's so much research that is done for them, and, like, so little that is actually known. That's true. I suppose that's what confuses me. Nick looks back at the both of them and in a joking go- tone just says, It's a conspiracy. <laughs> it is. Oh, please don't. <laughs> I've gotten enough of that from <sighs> Dad. He keeps thinking that Hoenn is responsible for X or Y happening. Oh, God. No, no. There literally cannot be a Pokemon Trump. I will shut this fucking podcast down. God damn it. God damn it. I will turn this ship around, mister. I think you uh, just broke all three of us. Anyway. Uh, We've jumped the shark at, at the Greninja sex party, and now it's all open from here. Yeah. You should never have let it in. Oh, my God. Jacob, you've broken us. We are now a ruin. A little bit. Excellent. I've broken you with my Gen Z memes. Ha ha. But no, Astro would uh, snap back at Nick in a non-joking tone. And it kind of is a conspiracy. Right. Okay. So you're walking down the road in Route 1, bantering back and forth uh, about the Alex Jones-esque conspiracy that is, in fact, eggs. (laughs) Fucking eggs. How do they work? (laughs) (laughs) And as you're doing so, you're actually uh, approached by a man on the road who is wearing a a uniform. Um, Actually, roll, roll Mystic for me, all three of you. Nine. Also, why we're rolling, I can't believe you even said Alex Jones. <sighs> I think I also would have a nine. Eight. Okay, so that's a success for all of you. Um, so, uh, despite the fact, Nick, that they're a little bit too ritzy for, for your blood, or they were at least back when you were at home in Celadon, uh, all three of you would immediately recognize his, his blue apron and white collared shirt as the, uh, the standard uniform for employees of the Pokemart. Um, and, and he looks a, a little bit frantic, actually, and he's going to stop the three of you and be like, excuse me, oh, excuse me, are, are you trainers? Uh, I kind of look at the other two and go, yeah, are you all right? What's up? And he's going to be like, oh, it's it's awful. It's just awful. I'm I'm an employee of, of the Viridian City Pokemart. And, you know, you guys just had graduation at, at the academy. I'm guessing that's actually where you're coming from is that you're new, you're new graduates. And mm-hmm. we knew a lot of you would be coming north on, on Route 1. And so they sent me with a box of samples to give out to the new trainers and to, you know, congratulate them on their graduation and, and hopefully maybe secure some some business for the shop. And 
they're gone. My my samples, they're gone. I I had a, a big box of potions and I set them down for a minute and I got a phone call and I got a little distracted and I turned around and they're just all gone and I'm going to lose my job. And he just looks like he's about to cry. In Nick's head, uh, he does not say this, but as somebody who lived a life of crime a long time ago, uh, basically is thinking like you were giving them out for free anyways. They're not going to know that they didn't go to anybody. Why are you so worried? Um, but doesn't actually say any of that. He just kind of like puts a reassuring hand out uh, on this guy's shoulder and goes, hey, I'll, I'll help you look. Okay. Where did you set him down? And... As the gentleman in the Pokemon Center uniform smiles a genuine smile of relief uh, and, and comfort at the fact that such uh, formidable and resourceful trainers have agreed to help him in his direst hour of need. Uh, and he begins to to walk you over to where he last saw his goods. And as he does so, uh, I think that this is probably a good place to call it. So before we end, I, I just need to know this Pokemart tycoon, because there's like free health care. Is, is this just a simulator in which your measurement of success is managing like your care level where like the chances get tired from seeing shitty trainers bringing their Pokemon in hurt all the time? And they just have, like, a fuck it level. Where they're just like, I can't deal with this anymore. You've been in here 20 times today. It has to be. And you got to keep their spirits up. you got to keep the Chansey's spirits up. As someone who works in a hospital, that's also the legitimate balancing act of, like, real-world healthcare is, like, giving the optimal level of care to your patients while also not making your caregivers want to fucking kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm glad that we have created a an actual simulator. Nintendo, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Time to make a fan game. Yep. <laughs>